0: And the whole city was gathered around the door, and he cured many who were sick with various diseases, and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. He answered, let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. One of the websites I read religiously, and I mean that in its fullest meaning, is a site called Post Secret. It it began with an idea by Frank Warren uh, of a community art project way back in two thousand five. Uh, he began handing out postcards to strangers and leaving them in public places asking people to write down a secret that they had never told anyone and to mail it to him anonymously. As Frank began posting cards on his website later, PostSecret kind of took on a life of its own, becoming much more than a simple community art project. It had grown into this global phenomenon, exposing individual aspirations, fantasies, and frailties, our common humanity. And all these years later, more than half a million postcards have been mailed in to Frank and PostSecret, and it's the most visited ad-free blog in the world. Warren posts around 10 new postcards every Sunday, along with selections from the archive. And so I have my church ritual on Sunday morning, and then I go home and read PostSecret Sunday afternoon. And the postcards are breathtaking and heartbreaking and gut-wrenching. They can be silly and profound and deeply hopeful. But most of all, they're an unflinching look at life right in the eyes in all of its struggle and hopes and pains and joy. Community of people experiencing pain, but in the midst of it, finding hope together. And part of that hope is this post-secret community itself, knowing that they are not alone. So when they read the secrets of other people and realize they're like their own or they share and other people respond, there's this sense that they are not in this Alone, but they have this community together. Post Secret and its anonymous submissions reveal a kind of depth of human emotion and suffering and resilience I think that we rarely see. It's a reminder to me, especially on this healing service, uh, that we not only desire healing for ourselves and loved ones from sickness and disease and physical pain, but also for much deeper matters which are harder to share. In our culture, there are some more socially acceptable ways to be sick than others. We're accustomed to hearing about different diseases and illnesses and ailments, but other forms of illness remain hidden. We don't fully appreciate the seasons of grief that people experience in their lives often. Depression and anxiety are so common how we relate to our bodies and body image and self-harm and suicidal thoughts and addiction, especially the epidemic of opiate addiction and abuse of all kinds. These are hidden sufferings that we don't often hear about, sometimes until it's too late. There is this kind of hidden reservoir of pain that is often coupled with the loneliness that comes with not being able to talk about it or to share you know, sometimes it feels like we're all living in this pressure cooker. We are pushed to our limits mentally, emotionally, socially, with work and school, with unrealistic expectations created by ourselves and others. We're inundated with torrents of news and information and ideas and people 24 7, 365. Um, it breaks my heart to see kids and teenagers who are so pressured. Uh, in their lives, which are just beginning, or to see people um, who should be reaping all the rewards of all their good work over many years who find themselves suffering with some of these challenges. Um, We need peace, and we need relief, and we need Sabbath, and we need to know that we're okay and that we're not alone, and we have God's healing. The saying is true, let us be kind to one another, for most of us are fighting a hard battle. And so I think it's no wonder that Jesus spent so much time healing people. It was one of the central activities of his ministry. He healed the old, the young, lepers, the blind, crippled, the the possessed, the paralyzed, the chronically ill. He raised people from the dead. He put an ear back on the Roman soldier that seized him before his trial and crucifixion. Just try sometimes skipping through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and just flip through to some of those healing stories and and take a look. Um, they're so precious. There's there's no big theological point. There's no mind-bending parable. There's just these simple and beautiful interactions of acceptance and understanding and healing and forgiveness. And each of these healings that Jesus accomplishes are multi-layered. It was never just about the presenting problem, the symptom, the eye, the ear, the hand, the leg. It was always about something deeper. And also the relationships of which this person was a part. Illnesses in Jesus' time meant something more. Um, It meant something, meant being unclean and unwelcome, hidden and outcast. Being sick meant alienation and exclusion, rejection, loneliness. It hurt the individual, but it also hurt their families and their entire communities. In our gospel reading, we hear the story of the healing of. Uh, Simon's mother-in-law she was sick with fever and the disciples tell Jesus and he goes over he takes her hand he lifts her up and she is healed and she immediately begins to serve them and the scripture says that evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons and the whole city was gathered around the door and he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons Often in these healing stories, what you find is that the healing is not just a singular moment, but it spills out and all around. Simon's mother-in-law is healed, her family is relieved, and the whole town gathers at her door to hear the story and to experience that healing for themselves. Not just the cure of a symptom, but the healing in relationships, restoration and mercy, and a new hope. In a recent interview, Lutheran pastor and author Nadia Boltz-Weber says this. She says, So much of spirituality is about sort of sanding ourselves down, you know, smoothing ourselves out so that we're nice and shiny. But the fact is that I think the jagged edges of our humanity are what actually connect us to God and to one another. The jagged edges of our humanity are what actually connect us to God and to one another. makes sense because that's what Jesus was drawn to. He wasn't impressed by all the people that supposedly had it all together. He was drawn to the real and authentically human with all its complications and contradictions and, yes, jagged edges. God is not repelled by our suffering. God is drawn to it. I shared at a funeral earlier this week that a wise pastor friend of mine used to remind me over and over again that the word compassion comes from the Latin cum patior, which means to suffer with. He used to say it way more than anyone should ever cite the Latin root of any word. (laughs) But I understood what he was trying to get across years later. that Compassion is about suffering with others. The compassion... That Jesus showed, the compassion that we are called to extend, is about suffering alongside of others, to walk with them and to hold the hope when they find it hard or impossible to do. And we don't do it perfectly and we don't have all the answers, but we can be there and we can acknowledge, no, everything is not okay, but we are here together. And that's what Jesus shows us on the cross. In the cross, Jesus entered into the heart of our and the world's suffering and grief and fear and loneliness and pain. He allowed himself to be nailed to it and forever joined to us. He absorbed all of our suffering and fear and anxiety, pain, regret, sin, and hopelessness all to the point of death. And then he rose again. And because he rose again, we too in our imperfect ways with all of our jagged edges rise too friend shared with me this week a sign that he saw at a local cafe. It said, you are loved massively, ferociously, unconditionally. He said, we should have that sign up in all of our churches. You are loved massively, ferociously, unconditionally. Today, know that you are loved, every part of you, Nothing is hidden from God, and God sees it all, and God loves you all the more. Today, know that you are not alone. In your secret suffering, your quiet caring, your impatient waiting, your desperate prayers, you are not alone. Know that in the healing love and light of God, your secrets cannot imprison you. Your suffering does not define you. Your brokenness is the place that God meets you. And heed our advice today from James. Are any among you suffering? Then pray. Cheerful? Then sing. Sick? Then come. Receive prayer and anointing. Amen.